You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. I will make room for you. I feel like that's what we're doing. I feel like there's an expectation tonight that's different from most evening services, to be honest with you. I will make room for you. Noah made room for God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they made room for God. The prophets, they made room for God. The kings, they made room for God. And God walked with them. Such a presence. Through the cross. And by the cross, the blood of the Lamb, confession and faith in Christ Jesus, God wants to walk with us. He wants us to make room for him to come into our hearts. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16 through 18, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? There's no agreement that we have with idols. The agreement was that we made a covenant with Jesus. The agreement was that we made a covenant with the Father and with the Holy Spirit that we knelt down and said, I surrender all. I make room in my heart today. I confess my sins and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. There is no room in this temple for idols. There's only room for God. God has to be the center of it all. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. He wants to dwell in you. He wants you to just make that room available so he can come right into it. Just when somebody rings the doorbell, you've done shined up your living room. You made it look all pretty. You put all the, all the junk away. You hid it in a closet. It's so full when you open the door. Everything comes crashing out. But you made that room, living room look beautiful for the company. And that's what God wants in your heart. He wants you to just open up and be honest with him and say, come in, come in. He wants to dwell with you and walk among them. He wants to dwell with you, Kelly, as he dwells with me, as he dwells with Scotty. He wants to dwell with us as individuals, but then he wants to dwell as a a corporate body, to walk with us, to make room for a holy God to come and inhabit the praise. You can feel the presence of the Lord tonight. If you're not, you need to wake up. It's here, he is here. And he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Make room. Let go of everything that separates you from God today. As we come into the presence and worship, he says, I will be a father to you. Man, he wants to be a father to you. How many of you have lost your dad? How many of you missed that hug? Even if he wasn't the best father in the world, how many of you still miss him? God says, I will be a father to you. You don't have to go without a father. All you got to do is make room for him to come in and be the father that he wants to be in your heart. By reading this word, he'll guide you. By opening up your ears, he'll guide you. He'll guard you. He'll protect you. He'll do things for you. He'll give you favor. He'll give you presence. He's the best father you'll ever have in your life. 
and all he wants is you to make room for him. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Really, I don't even want to preach anymore, to be honest with you. I don't want to say anymore. This men's conference I went to, this man from Africa was there, and he's talking about the missionaries would come to Africa, and the chiefs would kill the white man. So they come down, and they talk about this invisible God, and they would kill him. The missionaries, they'd send another white man, and white man come down, talk about this invisible God, and they got their own gods. They don't want to hear anything about another God. They kill the white man. Eventually, the tribe runs into trouble. Missionary shows up, and he talks about this invisible God. Now they want to hear about this invisible God. They want to hear about Yahshua. They want to hear about Yahweh. They want to hear about the God who supplies all your riches according to your glory, according to his glory. He says, I didn't have a full Bible. I only have pages of this Bible, the Gospel of John. And I'm reading, me and my, me and my buddies were 13 years old, and we're reading John. And we want to do John. He goes, I, I didn't have the pages where I pray to the Father in the name of, of the Son, Jesus. I didn't have those pages. I just had a few gospel pages of John. And I wanted to do John. So we go to the hospital and we walk in and we say, doctor, we want to pray with the patients. We want to do John. And he goes, I don't know what John is, but, but priests come on Wednesday to pray with the patients because that's when the patients die. He said, no, 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 no. We want to do John. We don't want them to die. We want them to, we want to do John. He says, I don't know what that means, but go ahead. You can go pray with the patients. So they go in there and they say, you want to be healed? You want to go home? Exactly. He shakes his head and he says, be healed. Go home. So they go to the next room and they say, you want to be healed? You want to go home? Shakes his head. He says, be healed. Go home. So he goes to the next room. He says, I'm just doing John. This is all they know. They don't know about Jesus. They're just doing John, what they've read. You want to be healed? You want to go home? Be healed. Go home. And they keep going down and he says, we're in, we're in room seven. And all of a sudden there's confusion and there's chaos back at room one, two, and three. And the things are going on and, and they're starting to get up and they're starting to put their clothes on. And, and things are taking place that, that, that they didn't know because all they know is John. I don't want to lose John. I don't want to lose my heart for Jesus. I don't want to lose the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. He says, it's years later, I become a dog. So I go to Oregon, where that missionary came from. They ain't doing jump in Oregon anymore. He says, make room for me. Allow me to come and dwell in your heart so you can do John. He was disappointed that his heroes who came and, and shared John it's no longer doing John. Tonight, we're trying to get into the presence of the Lord so that we can do John, so that we can continue. There's a, there's a demon-possessed man in Mark 5, and, and the disciples and Jesus, they go to the island, and they get off and they, with the Gadareans, and this man is possessed. And the, and the, the legion, who's 6,000 plus demons, comes to the Lord and he says, what would you have of me? But that man is there and he's trapped and all he's got is, oh, oh. In his own natural, he can't pray because he's, he's possessed by a devil. He can't get out. But all he's got, he says that he was crying and moaning and screaming, oh. I don't know what anybody deals with 
I don't know what you walk in here with, and you might think I'm crazy, and that's okay, but I, I counseled a gentleman after church this evening, and all he had was a, oh, oh, and God said, be healed. God healed him, cast out those demons. Maybe that's all that we have tonight is a, is a oh, because I'm hurting so bad. This man in the Bible, he's cutting himself. He's doing these things. That man that I was talking to today, suicidal thoughts, things running through him. And I said, man, I'm preaching tonight about something that you're in right now. But the only way for transformation to take place, a change, is get in the presence of God. Because only he can change you. Only he can separate you as long as you make room for him. That demon-possessed man, the legion made room. What would you have of me, Lord God? And Jesus cast him out, and that man was saved. And then he wanted to go, and he says, don't go. Go back to your home. Tell them how I moved with compassion. Tell them how I loved you, even whenever you were, Ugh! just tell them how I loved you. We look at David, 1 Samuel 28 and 28, or 27 and 8, sorry. And David and his men went up and raided the Gashrites and, and the Gerzites and the Amalites and those nations were the inhabitants of the land from of old as you go to Shur, even as far as the land of Egypt. They would save neither man nor woman alive. And this was his behavior all the time. He dwelled in the country of the Philistines. David was in beast mode. David and his men, they were in beast mode. They just went and slaughtered everything that took place. But some of those men from the, from the Amalekites were alive. And they invaded the home of David. They invaded Ziglag. And they stole all the property. They stole all the wives of all the men. They stole their children. They stole their livestock. And David went from beast mode, from slaying, to priest mode. It tells me in 30 and 7, then David said to, to Ab, Ab, sorry, I can't pronounce it, Abuthar, the priest, Amalekah's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abuthar brought the ephod to David. He went from slaying. He went from beast mode to I got to be in priest mode. He went before the Lord and he had to inquire. He was doing the things that he had to do, but he went before the Lord and he had to inquire of the Lord. He went from a monster to a priest and put on the garments of the priest. He didn't ask anybody else to do it for him. He didn't ask the priest to put on those priestly garments and pray and go before the Lord. It says, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. The key is to pursue. The key was to pursue God, to inquire of God, but why wait until there is a dreadful event that takes place in our life? David was away, and other men came in and took all that he had. He wasn't pursuing God. We look at John 5 and Jesus, or Luke 5 and Jesus and the paralyzed man, and there's a group of friends. As I see these four ladies sitting on the front row, the friends. And these friends, uh, they go to the house that Jesus is preaching in. And all the inside is full. And the windows are full. And they got, this, they got this man that they're trying to get to Jesus. There's no way in. So they go to the top of the roof. And they remove the things that they need to remove out of the way. 
And Jesus looks up and everybody's probably looking up in the, the dirt and the hay and everything's falling in their eyes. But Jesus sees the faith of four individuals and he's happy. And they lower this man down. Your sins are forgiven you and there's a discussion about all that. But Jesus says to the man, arise, take up thy bed and walk, go to your house. In verse 25, immediately he rose up before them took what he had been lying on and departed to his own house. I don't know what you've been lying on. I don't know what's been keeping you paralyzed. Some of us here tonight may be walking in something that nobody knows about. We're trying to get into the presence of the Lord tonight. That he would say, rise, arise. That thing that's been paralyzing you, that thing that's been keeping you back from church, that thing that's been keeping you back from from walking in good health, that thing that's been keeping you back from your finances of being a faithful tither, that thing that's been keeping you back from talking to your daughter, your son, whatever it is, that thing that's been paralyzing you. Tonight, God wants to take it from you. 2 Samuel 6, the ark of God brought to Jerusalem. David and 30,000 choice men of Israel grow to bring back the ark of God. The Philistines had sent it back. It's on a cart. They hook up oxen and they start leading it back. They hit a rough spot. And Uzzah touches it and God smokes him. You can't touch the ark of God. David realizes, I've made a great mistake. He houses the ark of God in Obed-Edom's house. He goes back and what does he do? He inquires of God the proper ways of handling the ark. He gets his priest to come and carry the ark. He gets his musicians. He gets his sacrifices. And so it was in in chapter 6, 13 and 14. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed the oxen and fatted sheep. Six paces. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod back from being a baby whining crying lord god you killed one of my good people to an ephod being priest mode again we're called to be priests we're called to be a royal nation we're called to walk in victory every six paces they were sacrificing ushering in the presence of the lord singing shouting rejoicing that god would give them the victory and they walked in that victory this evening, again, I don't know what you're walking in. I don't know if you're sitting there and you got just that growl at life today. I don't know what's in your thought processing. I don't know the emotions. I don't know the heart of hurt for any of you. Maybe you've lost everything, just as Job lost everything. But Job, Job said, my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives And at the end of this, my Redeemer will still stand. No matter what we go through, my Redeemer lives. The sacrifices, the suffering. Listen, maybe it's just been a long week at work. And pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. And you're in that beast mode. You know, I I listen to the coal miners. I listen to construction guys. and, And sometimes they go into beast mode because of the guys that are around them. And they only get to put on their priest mode on Sunday mornings. But if we learn to put on our priest mode and pursue and inquire of God every day, maybe our days would be a little bit different. 
Maybe our priest mode would start being contagious and getting on to somebody where they would get priest mode and, and the beast mode at work would start being reduced and priest mode would start advancing the kingdom of God. Again, maybe you're paralyzed here from a relationship or a job. You're bound. Jesus says, arise, arise. David in the ark, David did it wrong. He repented, inquired of God. They played music, they danced before God. They did all those things that pleased the Lord. In all these circumstances, God did a transformation in everybody's lives, but they had to get into the presence of the Lord. Psalms 22 and three, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabit the praises of Israel. The King, New King James Version says, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Worship is the key to entering God's presence. The expectations that you came with tonight, you felt the presence of God, you felt that you were in it. The verse means that praise, that worship can release God's glory. The atmosphere can change completely. And it's not just song and dance. Praise is opening up this Bible. It can change the atmosphere that you set in by reading. I was sitting at an airport yesterday and I'm reading. And a young lady come over to me and she said, wow, you're reading your Bible. I said, I am, ma'am. I'm studying a little bit. She said, thank you because I haven't done my devotional today. And I need, whenever I get to my gate that I'm going to, I'm going to do my devotional because I saw you have your Bible. Your worship is getting into his word, allowing it to saturate other people. She didn't know me. It's funny because 10 minutes later, I'm still reading, and one of the workers comes up, and she goes, oh, you're reading King James Version. And we started having a conversation about God. The presence can be on you wherever you go, but you got to want him. you got to make room in your heart so that he can be there with you and fill you. God inhabits the thrones of the praise of his people. When we honor God with praise, we get in his presence and transformation takes place. It happens. Healings, physical healings, emotional healings, mental healings, salvation, freedom from bondage happens in the presence of God. And as we worship tonight, I'd encourage you to stand to your feet. This altar's open. If you need prayer, if you're, if you're going through something and you need prayer, if you want a prayer partner, come and get me. Come and get pastor. Come and get Scotty. Come and get someone if you need prayer. You can come to this altar by yourself. The first time I knelt down at an altar, an associate pastor came over and said, can I pray with you? I didn't need him to hear what I was giving to God. I cried my eyes out, repenting of my sins and gave it all to the Lord and got up with such great peace. Listen, you can walk the sanctuary and pray. You can walk the sanctuary and praise. You saw Scotty grab a flag. You can do it. You can walk through here. You can dance through here. You can shout. It doesn't matter to me. The heart of tonight is about getting into the presence of the Lord and allowing our heart to make room so that presence of the Lord comes into our heart and we walk out of here differently than we came in today. Amen. So if you would, stand to your feet.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Father, we thank you for your presence and your spirit. God, we come expecting you. And we come to make room in our hearts for you, for a love encounter with you, Lord God. Father, we come to be transformed in your image even greater. God, have your way in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we'd have ears to hear. If you want to speak to us, speak to us, Father. We surrender all. We ask you to come and fill these temples, these temples, and this temple that we're in right now. God, come and have your way. We surrender everything to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 